But um, yeah, the, the worst one for us was a, it was a Friday night, which was our our busiest night, at about seven o'clock, and, and uh, this oven just died. Franchisee Connect, Episode Five. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the podcast that helps retailers delegate, automate, and ultimately liberate themselves from their business. Subscribe to get all the actions and insights at FranchiseeConnect.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is part two of Stuart Sinclair's interview. I've split it up into two parts because it's a bit of a long one, but there's some fantastic takeaways in this episode. You heard the story at the top. Have a listen to that story. It is awesome. Here we go. Tell me about what you're struggling with at the moment. Um, something that, that I'm struggling with in, in, a, in a franchise term is um, it's very. I'm going to be very specific now. It's down. It's in my. It's in my business. The one that I'm working at at the moment. Um, so we we're based in Brisbane CBD, and we have a lot of a lot of repeat business from a pretty loyal customer base. But our customer base geographically is very close to us, so we're at the we're on the ground floor of a pretty tall building, and we only get customers from our building, the building across the road, and the like a couple of buildings adjacent to it. You know, a lot of people don't have uh, on their lunch breaks. Everyone's got the same lunch break. Uh, it's between twelve and one, or or twelve thirty and one thirty. They don't really have time to go out and explore or take a 10-minute walk down the road. You know, they, they tend to stick to the same place, um, whether it be us or, or a cafe across the road. They always stick to the same two places. So the thing that I'm struggling with at the moment is, is customer acquisition. Um, we've, we've got a, a pretty a captive market, if you will. Uh, and the only real way for us to increase our turnover um, would be to increase average transaction, which is, you know, upselling or... If somebody if somebody buys one of something, you know, you offer them something else. Um, but yeah, it's it's we've tried a lot of things. We've tried a lot of marketing. Um, you know, we tried advertising. We've tried menu drops. We've tried catering. So for us, for us, that's what that's our struggle at the moment is to get more more people into the store from further away. Try and broaden your reach a little bit. Get more customers in the doors. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a difficult one for me because we we have tried a few different um, techniques and none of them really seem to work that well. Uh, like we do grow, we do have growth. It is very slow, um, but there's still growth there now. To to expedite that process or speed it up, I don't really know how you would do that. It's just going to be slow organic growth. Yeah, there's there'd have to be something out there. Um, franchisee nation that's listening if you're out there and you've got some tips for Stuart uh, listen at the end of the episode and we'll get Stuart to give out some details where you can reach him and um, and yeah get in touch because it's a it's a tough problem to have I know some people out there have solved exactly that problem Stuart so we'll see if we can get you some help yeah that would be quite helpful quite helpful so franchisee nation if you've got a tip for Stuart or a strategy that you think can help grow his marketing look him up Sinclair at live.com.au I'll put his email address in the show notes. You can look him up on Facebook or just send him an email direct. I would love it if you'd reach out and help Stuart because that's what this show's all about, connecting franchisees with each other. Back to the interview and here's that story you heard at the top. So Stuart, tell me the story about the day you had your worst moment you've had in business and what did you learn from oh, it? I was thinking about this one today actually and you know, it just kind of made me cringe a little bit. 
um, this was this is when I was uh, when I was working in, in Sydney. Uh, we used to have a, a very very successful pizza shop. Um, you know, we're turning over five hundred six hundred people a night, um, and it was it was unheard of um, in two thousand three two thousand four to being to be doing that sort of numbers. Um, and we used to run with one oven. It was a blodget. Uh, but we just got upgraded to this brand new Wow. Um, it was it's called a Wow oven, and it's made by Midley Marshall. Um, and it's a lot quicker. It was twice as fast. Uh, you know, it was just, just the quality you just couldn't compromise. But um, yeah, there weren't really any technicians in Australia because it was brand new out of the US. There weren't really any technicians in Australia to to sort of, you know, if something went wrong, they didn't know how to fix it. You know, they're busy they're busy looking at the user manual trying to work out what goes where. And it was a lot different to all the other types of ovens as well because there was a lot more electronics involved in it. You know, it had a touchscreen, uh, whereas all the old ones were just gas knobs or, or, or turns. But um, yeah, the, the worst one for us was it was a Friday night, which was our our busiest night at about seven o'clock, and, and uh, this oven just died. It just stopped working. It, you've got you've got pizzas in there. You know, pizzas waiting to go in there. We've got. You know, 150, 200 tickets waiting to be made, and it just brings everything to a complete stop. Um, and else in the confusion just set in. You know, you've got people that don't know what's going on. You get customers turning up because they've been told the pizza will be ready in 10 minutes. And you're <laughs> telling them 10 minutes, and all of a sudden they, they rock up and nothing's working. Um, so for me, I think that was probably one of the worst moments. Um, there's nothing we could do about it as well because we didn't know what was wrong with it. Like it's, it's a brand new oven. The technicians, we, we tried calling them and over the phone support with them was pretty terrible because, you know, we're on the phone to them and they're on they're looking at the user manual trying to work out, you know, what we're talking about. We can't explain anything that's happening inside. So it was quite, it was quite a tense moment. Um, <laughs> I don't really want to – I don't really want to – it happened a couple of times after that, but, you know, the first time was probably the worst – you know, just disappointing so many people and, you know, letting our expectations drop as well was just, you know, it was just gut-wrenching. Yeah, I don't want to do that again. No, definitely not. <laughs> and what did you learn from that experience? Um, a few different things, actually. Um, we, one of, the, one, of the, one of the ways we solved that problem uh, was we started calling people, you know, because we were doing deliveries, everyone had a phone number attached to their order. Um, the pickups we couldn't really do anything. We we started problem solving, and the first thing we did was take all these uncooked pizzas and, and put them in pizza boxes, um, and we're trying to hand them out to people, and you know, people weren't taking them. So we started ringing everyone who had a delivery, and we're like, "Look, guys, this is this is the situation. You know, uh, our ovens died. It doesn't look like it's going to come back online in the next you know two or three hours, and I know that you don't want to wait that long." So I'm 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 quite happy to deliver you a, a raw like a raw pizza, um, you know you just whack it in, whack it in the oven on 180 for 15 20 minutes and you know you, you guys will still have some some dinner tonight. Uh, we've got a, a very varying response. a lot of people now look it's okay we'll go somewhere else. We had we had one guy say look the reason I called you is because my oven's not working. Like, what am I going to do now? Um, and then we had a lot of people that were actually, you know, they were they were pleased. They're like, look, we understand things happen. Um, you know, send the pizza over. And we we ended up delivering about fifty or sixty raw pizzas to people, and they just, you know, keep it and cook it at home on on a bit of on a bit of foil or a pan. So for us, the, the big learn there 
there was uh, you always need a backup plan. Uh, it turns out that the end, end result was something was wrong with one of the gas connectors, but um, it could have been really fixed with, uh, I can't remember what they're called, it's just like a conversion device. Um, so yeah, always have a backup plan. But if if worse comes to worst, there, there are ways to, to solve the problem that you might not really think of. I'd, I'd never ever before that night thought of, of sending out raw, raw raw food to people and telling them, you know, calling them up and telling them to cook it at home. Um, and the, the surprising thing, the surprising thing after that night was um, the next day, the day after, and the week after, we didn't lose. We didn't lose any customers. We didn't see any difference in our takings, um, which was for me a, a surprise because if that had happened to me, I, you know, I'd be reluctant to go back. But uh, to see that that didn't happen was was a big learning curve. Yeah, that's that shows the strength of the brand, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Does. Yeah, and the strength of the product. If your product is good, people are always going to be loyal, and that's incredible. Delivering raw pizzas to people and saying, "Hey, you can cook this yourself." That's uh, that's such a cool. Solution. Yeah, I mean, we, we um, I, I think we did charge people, but it was a it was a cost. So instead of paying. Instead of paying twenty dollars for a, a you know a hot pizza delivered to your door, you're charging them five for a pizza that they had to make themselves. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen how some turned out, but you know, each their own. Ah, oh, that's awesome! <laughs> Such a good story. So, Stuart, um, mate, next question: What opportunity are you yeah. most excited about for your industry? For my, my industry. Um, for me, the new the opportunities that I like the most are, are new businesses, um, new types of food, new concepts, um, you know, new food styles. But I think, I think when the one that I'm looking forward to the most, uh, it's probably it's probably a few years away, is and it's to do with automated delivery. So you you started seeing a couple of headlines in the newspaper every now and then about driverless cars in San Francisco. Uh, and automated trucks doing deliveries in state and stuff like that. So I think the the opportunity for us to start delivering food without a driver, uh, whether it be by a driverless car or even a drone, you know, I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. I reckon that'd be very challenging, uh, very fun, and you know, <laughs> it's something that you didn't I, I didn't really think of not really think of, but you couldn't imagine it even two or three years ago. You know, somebody ring up for food and uh, you know, half an hour later, <laughs> this car just rocks up to the door without a driver, and they they take their pizza and they go. Um, <clears throat> especially because we're turning into such a cashless society as well, I don't think it'd be an issue if you, you know, somebody rang up and paid with their credit card, and then you know, half an hour later, they get the food delivered to their door. Uh, it it also eliminates a lot of human error. I think for me, that's 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 an opportunity that I can't wait for. Automated delivery, I love that opportunity. I love the idea of just being able to ring up and then having a car arrive and just going out the, out, out the front door and opening the car door or whatever you do. Maybe it rolls down the window and you take your pizza and say thank you very much to nobody. And then the car you know, It's a bit lacking on the, the customer service side of things, but I think you can, you can play that the other side as well. You, know? you can make it an experience because – Drones, like I'm talking flying drones, are getting a bit cheaper as well. So you can, there's nothing stopping you from delivering you know, pizza in a drone. And I think that would be a, a good sell. You wouldn't have to, you couldn't do it for everyone, but um, you know, one in every ten people gets their pizza by drone. It would be quite, it would be a different experience, you know. It would be a really <laughs> cool marketing exercise too, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, we're dropping it on your roof. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, 600 feet up and a kilometre away. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, pizzas might get a bit cold that far up, but yeah, it's something that we can work on. <laughs> I love it. It's so cool. So what's the number one piece of advice that you'd pass on to our other franchisees who are listening? Um, so for, <laughs> for current franchisees, um, probably the, the best advice that I can give is fight for your customers. Uh, and what I mean for that is <clears throat> mistakes happen. People people get bad bad food or bad service, <clears throat> but you can't you can't let them leave your store with a bad impression. You know what the last thing that ta- that they t- take away from your store is going to be what sits with them. It's what they're going to remember. So if you if you do have a bad experience with a customer, you need to fight with them. You need to go above and beyond to repair it. Um, I've chased people down the street. With, with trying to give them a refund, and they just weren't having any of it. But you really, you really need to fight for them because every customer that you lose just goes somewhere else, and you want them to come back. You want them. You want the repeat business. And what you'll find is if you do go above and beyond with a, a terrible somebody who's had a bad experience, um, you end up turning them into a more loyal customer than someone than someone who hasn't. Uh, they tend to come back a lot more frequently and spend more money because they feel valued. Um, and I think that's that's probably a key point that most people overlook. If you if you give someone bad service, they'll come back. That's that's the mentality. But if you fight for them, every customer is valuable to me. You know, this person could spend uh, two or three grand over the course of a year with me. You know, that's two or three grand that you're losing. So you really do need to you really do need to chase them down the street and give them. Give them a good impression of of what your store is actually about. Uh, everyone knows mistakes happen. It's how you fix it that that people remember. They do, they do. So going above and beyond, and literally chasing them down the street with the twenty dollar bill to give them a refund. What's the number one thing you always ensure new franchisees would know before they start trading? So this is probably a good uh, area to draw from your experience as a franchise trainer. What would you always ensure that your franchisees know before they start? Um, yeah, I've got, I've got a couple of key points here for you. Um, so probably, probably one of the most important ones is to know your numbers, um, whether it be your staff costs, the wages, um, how much money you're going to spend on food, what you need to break even, how much you spend on rent a week. A lot of people, they don't know or they don't add it up. Um, and I think I think it's, it's a very important one because without it, you, you're just going to drive yourself into a big hole. You don't know how much you're spending. You don't know how much you're making, and you don't know what you need to spend. Um, so for me, knowing the numbers is probably a very key one. Um, also, knowing your market. Like if you if you setting up your first shop or your second shop, you do need to do a, a fair bit of research, uh, whether it be the competition in your area. You know what selling what they're selling their products for, what their price point is. You know how can you be better than them? Um, are you selling the exact same thing? If you've got if you've got two two coffee shops right next to each other, you know you're not really going to you're not really going to split the market. One of you is going to do a lot better than the other one. So it, it's all about trying to work out how well you would fit in a in a territory or an area. Um, even if you can compete to begin with, I mean, there's, there's no point in, in having bringing a Ferrari to a race with a Corolla because you know who's going to win. So definitely knowing the market. Um, and also the product knowledge. You, you need to have a lot of consistency with your product. 
Um, people like consistency. They always want to come back and have the same thing. You don't want to have, you know, a very, a very good meal one day and then come back the next day and it's, it's completely different. But you want reliability and consistency. So I think if you if you're going to start operating a store, um, those those would be the most relevant the relevant things to know that would help you out the most. So you've got to know your numbers, you've got to know your market, and you've got to deliver a consistent product for consumers. Yeah, that'd be that'd be the, that'd be the best ones, I guess. Oh, that's sensational. There's some awesome takeaways for our franchisee nation there. Stuart, where do you go for your industry information about retail and franchising? Share with our listeners the best sources of information. So, for example, the email newsletter that you almost always open. For me, industry for me industry info. Uh, I mainly get it through other people. Um, networking is, is pretty important to me. Uh, you never really know when you're going to run into someone again. Uh, I've worked with people for two or three weeks and then, you know, two or three years later, I've seen them down the track and they've told me something very, very interesting or something I didn't know. Um, a lot of, a lot of what I know comes through trial and error and other people. And I, I find that the best place to go for industry information. Um, also just trying new places and researching them. There's a, a really good gelato shop in, in Sydney called Gelato Messina in Darlinghurst that always has a line, you know, but they're not really franchising and I've, I've found that out by going in there, trying the product and then looking it up and seeing why they aren't. Uh, and the guy does a lot of interviews um, and he's basically a chef and he's under the impression that, that nobody can live up to his expectations. And he does put out a very good product. Um, so for me, I'd say I'd go to other people and uh, just by just by scouting things out myself. I've never really been a big fan of, of franchise conventions or anything like that. There's just too much information um, pointed at you in a, in a very short period of time. And I don't think it's that relevant. It's also it's also very difficult to find uh, good information at those conventions because all they all they want you they're just trying to tell you what they want you to hear. Um, so for me, that's a bit biased. I think people who actually work in stores or, or work behind the scenes know a little bit more about what's going on than the advertising guru who made the franchise in the first place. For sure. So you get the real information from other people who are working, doing what you're doing. That that is correct, mate. I know I know a lot about what I do, and I think other people know a lot about what they do. So why not just go straight to the source? Love it. Trusted sources. Trusted sources. That's sensational, Stuart. We've come to the end of the interview, mate. I want to say thank you very much for coming on Franchisee Connect. It's been awesome having you. My pleasure, Michael. Thank you for your time. How good was that interview? Remember, if you want to reach out to Stuart with some strategies that can help him grow his local customer base, look him up at Sinclair at live.com.au. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Franchisee Connect podcast today. If you've got a suggestion for a guest who we should have on the show, that's somebody from retail who you admire and who could drop some knowledge bombs on you, let me know at franchiseeconnect.com. Just visit the contact page to get in touch. Also, let me know if there's anything, you'd, anything special you'd like me to ask the guests too. Remember to visit franchiseeconnect.com for links to everything we chatted about today, as well as the action steps from every one of our podcast episodes that you can take right now to delegate, automate, and ultimately liberate yourself from the business. Make coming to work a choice with franchiseeconnect.com.